0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Jacob Hatch, who does pregame and postgame, host on Zone Sports for BYU, as well as the Locked On Cougars podcast. And Jake, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Doing
1: well. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, let's just start uh, before we get into the matchup itself. Let's start with BYU sitting at four and two, had a nice win against Baylor early in the season, went on the road to Oregon, uh, got beat by three scores there, but took care of business, Wyoming, Utah State, and then went uh, to play Notre Dame in Vegas, dropped that one by eight points to just kind of give us an overall feeling at the halfway point of the season. How are you feeling about BYU? What's the mood and vibes with BYU? Just how do you sum the season so far?
1: The biggest thing for BYU right now is they really have been an incomplete program. I know they're sitting at 4-2, and two, and that's a good record, all things considered, halfway through their season. But this is a, a team that it feels like in many ways have won those four games, and the two other ones that they lost, they obviously have their issues in them. But it feels like they're 4-2 in spite of themselves in certain ways. There, there have been games where the defense has struggled. There has been games where they haven't necessarily been completely in sync on offense. I think this the most recent game against Notre Dame – more evidence of the offense not being in sync, but it, it, it's a team that, yeah, they, they feel like they have yet to play a complete game, and in spite of all that, they're still four and two.
2: So, to play that complete game, what what is it they need to do? What have they been lacking, or, you know, have they been playing well in one area, and then it's just not all together, and then the next game they play better in a different area? What is it they need to do to play the complete game?
1: Uh, the two most glaring things are both in the run game, both offensively and defensively. They've not been consistent running the football in certain games at, at all, really. It's kind of been one game they have have a decent output, and the next game is just absolutely abysmal. So they need to get going on offense, running the football. Throwing the football has actually been very, very good uh, for most of this year with Jaron Hawley in the way there. But then uh, conversely, on defense, they have been absolutely abysmal at slowing down the rush attack. And that's one of the terrifying thoughts about a team like Arkansas coming in here. Is the Razorbacks, they're one of the teams that loves to run the football. I know Sam Pittman, he kind of built his uh, program on being able to run the football. And BYU, as of this week, 100th against the run in terms of overall metrics in NCAA, the FBS ranks. So this is a squad that, yeah, the two biggest glaring issues are both uh, running the football consistently consistently on offense and also conversely uh, defending the run on defense.
0: So what's been the reason why uh, defending the run has been a problem? Because honestly, if Arkansas, which they're struggling right now, but if offensively they do have a pretty good rushing attack, so they're wanting to exploit mm-hmm. that. But what has been the reasons why uh, BYU has struggled so much against the run?
1: Uh, I think you can point to certain personnel deficiencies. They've had defensive linemen kind of in and out of the lineup over the last three weeks that have really lent itself to not having a consistent, uh, I guess, rotation of guys along that defensive front and not being, I guess, the continuity with those guys there. I think there's also scheme fit. I, I think the BYU in certain games have gone into some of these games thinking that the opponent's going to run one type of a scheme and they, they get ready for that. And then, for example, Oregon came out and BYU admitted after the game. They threw something completely out of left field at them, um, and they just didn't adjust to it well at all in game. So the, I think there, there are multiple facets to that, but there's also one other facet that you there have been times where the effort level for BYU, especially uh, playing against the run, it's not a glamorous thing because anybody who's played football or has watched football as long as I'm assuming you you and I have know that trying to play against the run and defend against it it's a, it, it it takes work and that there have been times this season the BYU just seems like that they have kind of lacked that uh, want to in terms of defending the run.
2: So the strength in the passing game, Jaron Hall, your quarterback, he likes to spread it around. Who are some of the receivers we can look out for? Uh, on the receiving end in the passing game?
1: Well, this year, they started out the season not having uh, either of their top two receivers healthy in, in any game until this past game against Notre Dame. Those are Puka Nakua and Ron, Both of them considered to be NFL draft prospects, and they had kind of been one of be available one game and the next week. The other guy would not be available. So they've actually they mentioned spread the ball around a lot this year, but having both of those guys back together, they both played against Notre Dame and figured to play again this week against Arkansas will be a boon for BYU in the passing game. But the, the issue in the Notre Dame game is they struggled to get the ball to either one of those guys with any consistency. and That that was a big, glaring issue in this game. So if they can get the ball consistently to those playmakers and McCua and Romney, but then also get the ball to some of the new guys that have stepped up in recent weeks, guys like Cody Epps as well as Chase Roberts, that's going to give BYU the opportunity to get back to doing what they do in the passing game. And Like I said, most of this season, their passing game has been absolutely stellar.
2: Now you mentioned the receivers have been getting back in the lineup, mm-hmm. dealing with some injuries. Jaron Hall is dealing with an injury, also, right?
1: Yeah, he, he he's banged up. That's the official terminology that Quanis talking and his coaching staff have talked about. Uh, Jaron comes on the radio station that I work for every single week, one of my sister shows, and his quote uh, when he was on yesterday was, "If I played last week, I'm playing this week." That that was his quote. Uh, he is a guy that. He dealt with numerous injuries during his time at BYU. Actually cost an entire season in 2020 when Zach Wilson really came to the forefront for BYU. Uh, he was right in the mix for that starting job that year before suffering an injury in training camp. And it's kind of been the story of his BYU career. He's had just multiple injuries pop up. But I think he's fully intent. No matter what this injury is, there's no official word on what it is. But he is fully intent on playing this game against Arkansas.
0: We're speaking with Jake Hatch, who is the host of the BYU pregame and postgame on Zone Sports Net here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, so, Jake, obviously I know you guys have been previewing Arkansas and uh, what they're bringing to the table. They're on a three-game skid when they started off uh, pretty strong at 3-0. and But what you've been seeing from Arkansas, what you know about Arkansas, uh, what do you think are some of the things that uh, could cause some problems for BYU that Arkansas has? But also on the other side, what things do you think BYU will really be able to exploit?
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, K.J. Jefferson, just looks like to me he is just one of those guys who's a one-man at quarterback. And BYU traditionally in the clients of his tenure, when they face the quarterback, the caliber of Jefferson and everything I have read slash heard is that he's back this week. I, I believe Coach Pittman said it's going to be a normal week for him. And that's, that's the major concern for BYU. The guy who can both run and throw like Jefferson, he's just an absolute animal at 240 pounds. I think he to make life miserable for BYU's defense. He's just so good and so multifaceted. I think that's going to make things tough for BYU. But in terms of what BYU might be able to exploit on their end, is going back to that passing game. If Jaron Hall is on point, these receivers are ready to roll, I think BYU can take advantage of uh, what should be – I'm not saying green, but it was, a, it was a fairly young Arkansas secondary, what I was reading up on in the preseason. I know that they played half a year at this point, so they should be pretty seasoned up at this point. But I think that BYU believes that they're – They've got some athletes out there at wide receiver, and I guess their hope is that they can exploit that a little bit.
2: Now, uh, Arkansas's running game is the strength of the team, but if BYU loaded the box and tried to put a stop to Arkansas's running game, and wanted Arkansas to attack a different way or try to go about their attack a different way, what does BYU's pass defense look like? Look like if Arkansas has to adjust and uh, maybe pass the ball a little more?
1: Uh, That's a great question, and the thing about this is I think BYU's cornerbacks on the outside are actually very, very good. They've got a pretty um, high-level group of about four cornerbacks that they feel like are very capable of going man-on-man. Where I think they are lacking in pass defense is some of the use they have in the safety ring. Malik Moore has been a four-year part-time starter for BYU. He's been a starter for the last three years full-time, and he is out uh, with a broken hand right now and that's leading two uh, redshirt freshmen to man the safety spots since they're starters in both uh, Micah Harper and Talon Alfrey, Those would be the two guys you'll likely see starting for BYU in this game. And I think uh, if Arkansas needs to attack in the passing game, I'd attack across the middle and force those safeties, those young safeties, try and trick them with your eyes and see what you can get there because that seems to be the weak spot in BYU's pass defense.
0: Yeah, Jake, continuing on with uh, BYU defense, I saw some statistics about them, too, where uh, sacks, they rank 102nd in the nation, tackles for a loss, 112th in the nation. And then in takeaways, 106. They've only had six takeaways this year. Uh, has that been pretty problematic, or is that kind of the, the type of defense that they run where they're a little bit more conservative on that? Because, honestly, uh, I, I was a little surprised because I thought that they would be uh, better at uh, getting at least to the quarterback a little bit more and getting a few more turnovers as well. Well,
1: you, you're you're saying exactly what BYU fans want to say. That they would love to see an uptick and takeaways. They will see an uptick, sacks, tackles for loss, all that stuff. But BYU, a lot of the the that of the has been here at BYU. They have played a fairly passive, bend don't break style of defense, and that lends itself to less of those takeaways, less sacks, less tackles for loss. It's not as attacking as I think most people would have hoped and or expected it to be. So, I think the expectation this week is BYU. They will bring pressure at times, and they'll try and generate a pass rush with three and four-man fronts. So we'll also drop them. the majority of the guys into coverage and in pass sets, but they are a team that really wants to keep things in front of them and rally to the football and make tackles there. So it's just it's more of a byproduct of the scheme, where it's more passive rather than attacking.
2: Got a sellout crowd for this game, and then a whiteout also. Is a whiteout something that's out of the norm? Because it seems like seeing most BYU games, it, it's a whiteout for every game. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I like that. Nic- nic- nicely done. Uh, no, the, the, the whiteout's actually been kind of a recent thing. The last four or five years, they've kind of picked a home game annually where they decide to wear their white uniform. They are debuting a brand-new helmet this week. I don't know how many Arkansas fans have seen this. You can go on social media and find it. It's a hand-painted cougar on the side of the helmet, and it's actually a, it's a royal blue look, and I think it's actually pretty slick-looking, all things considered. There have been rumors of this for a couple of months, and they finally de- de- they're finally debuting them this week. Against Arkansas, but the whiteout, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. Uh, one other thing is there's going to be I've talked with you guys I believe in the past about the Cougar tails, uh, the the eight foot and a half long maple bars that got out here at BYU, kind of a unique novelty to BYU football game. They're going with a special chocolate edition of those this week. So if you're a Razorback fan coming out this way to Provo, make sure you pick up one of those and give it a shot.
0: Well, that actually was – I want to ask you a few things about Provo and just about – because we talked about the atmosphere and everything. So kind of just for people who have never been to a BYU game or going there for – because I'm going to be making the trip out there too. Mm -hmm. But uh, traditions, things that go on during the game, before the game, at like – what are some of the things that people can watch for that uh, is unique unique to BYU that they have uh, on game day?
1: So, in terms of game day atmosphere, you, there's a thing right outside the stadium. There's a road called Canyon Road, which runs right next to the Lavelle Edwards Stadium out here in Provo, and BYU actually closes it off on game days, and they have what they call Cougar Canyon. It's got all kinds of booths, a live band, all like cheerleaders. Other BYU teams show up and uh, sign autographs. There's food there. That's actually something if you're a Razorback fan and you want to kill some time before the game, I'd encourage you to just walk down the street and kind of enjoy the atmosphere there. As part of that, about two hours before the game, they do have where well, they have the Cougar walk, and a lot of teams do this type of thing, but the BYU football team, they park at the north end of Cougar Canyon. They walk all the way down to the south end and go into the stadium. Wallet and fans uh, interact with them, high-five them, all that type of stuff. They make their way into the locker room, be ready for the game. So those are two things very close to the stadium. Uh, Right now we're in the height of fall here in Utah. We've got some extra time coming out this way. The fall colors are up on the mountains. You cannot uh, cannot miss that. I would encourage you to get up into the canyons. They're only a 10- and 15-minute drive from Provo to get up into what they call Provo Canyon. The colors here are absolutely incredible this year. We're having actually one of our best falls in terms of the overall changing of the leaves and that type of stuff. So if you want to get up and check that out, Sundance Ski Resort, uh, Robert Redford, of course, the famous actor, founded that. It's right up the road from BYU as well. If you want to get up in the mountains a little more and explore up that way. And there's also, a, a, I'd, say call, I'd call it a budding but thriving up, uh, tailgating scene as well. So I know that a bunch of Razorback fans are probably looking at tailgating. There are lots for that. And I encourage you to give that a shot if that's what up your alley as well.
2: What's the convenience of getting back and forth from Provo to Salt Lake City? It's not that far away. And then what kinds of things can you do around Salt Lake City?
1: Uh, Salt Lake City's got pretty much everything you could want. Uh, there's actually going to be a Utah Jazz preseason game Friday night. I happen to work for the uh, team affiliate or uh, for the broadcast only Utah Jazz. They'll be taking on the Dallas Mavericks Friday night at Vivint Arena. You can get to Salt Lake uh, very, very easily. There's Nash Transit station between Provo and Salt Lake, very quick, about an hour's time on that. If you wanna drive it, you can do it in about 40 minutes. It's not a bad drive at all. Traffic out here, relatively light, uh, and that's the nice part is you can get anywhere you need to get pretty quickly. Also, the good thing about Salt Lake is they've got a very, very diverse food scene. So no matter what type of food you're looking for, Salt Lake City's probably got an option for you guys. So, that's the good news is there's multiple options. If you want to watch uh, some NBA hoops? I know it's preseason, but you can watch Utah Jazz and Dallas Mavericks. Maybe you could donch this into action. That's your option to do that Friday night.
0: Well, Jake, I, I got to ask you about this too because it's been a topic on the show today. And you're in Arkansas Airwaves, so you're not going to get mm-hmm. in trouble if you know, diverge any secrets to us <laughs> or anything. But we've had people <laughs> that have been curious about the alcohol situation. That if they want to partake sure. in a few be- beverages before the game, during the game, you know, a rest, whatever it is. Can you kind of just let all the Razorback fans know, since you live there, what's the situation, what are things Mm -hmm. that they can and can't do when it comes to getting a little liquid courage for the game?
1: Okay, I can tell you this much. On BYU campus, alcohol is not allowed. Now, with me saying that, I know that it sounds like an oxymoron, but there are BYU fans who like to imbibe. I am not one of them. I'm one of those teetotal and Mormons you hear all about. But I have buddies who like to drink, and the way they get around it, I'm I'm just going to say this you have a Dixie Cup and you just hide the other evidence, you'll get away with it. Uh, I've seen it happen. I've seen cops show up, and they have been none the wiser in many circumstances. So that's the way to get around it. The other good uh, thing is is there are some bars in Provo uh, that you can go to if you want. Just get over to the bar scene in Provo. Salt Lake has got just an absolute awesome uh, scene in terms of craft beer. There are multiple homegrown breweries here in the Salt Lake area that you can check out as well. So if you want to imbibe, They've got it for you here, here in
0: Utah and Provo. All right, because yeah, I know that was something that uh, people are worried about. You know, because here, here in the SEC, you know, tailgating and all that stuff is a yeah. big part of that. In fact, yeah. I think it's just a few years ago Arkansas finally uh, allowed alcohol sales in the stadium, so they kind have been spoiled a little bit. So they just want to make sure that they're coming in prepared and uh, how they need to do it. So, uh, but yeah, that because that's another thing they'll, too.
1: They'll, is, be able, they'll, be, they'll be able to get it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not concerned that they won't be able to find uh, their liquid courage if they need to get it pre
0: day. Okay, that's that's important because some guy called us in uh, earlier talked about setup drinks. Is that a thing? Do you know anything about setup drinks? I have not heard okay. about so, this. What did,
1: what did he have to say? I he me in a
0: little it, bit it, it was saying that if you go to a certain places or restaurants or whatnot, you can gather They call it a setup drink. Where they'll give you like part of the mixer, but then you got to go out and get your own liquor and bring it in and then make it yourself. I, I, he could have just been trolling us, but that's what he was bringing up out there. Yeah, as, that, a, as a setup drink.
1: That sounds like a, maybe a bygone era of Utah liquor laws. <laughs> uh, liquor laws out here in the state have been interesting in the past. It might have been a bygone era that he was here for. I can tell you this much. You can go to any establishment here in Salt Lake or Provo that does have alcohol and you can you can get whatever you want pretty much.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, see that that's I'm glad you could set the record straight so that way there's no misconceptions or anything like that going out there to Provo, man. But it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a great trip. I know a lot of Razorback fans are gonna go. I know BYU fans are gonna be out there. It looks like it's gonna cool. be a beautiful weekend too. So uh we're really looking forward to it, Jake. Yeah, you, and go go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say you guys uh, in terms of weather. Uh, it's maybe the best weekend for weather here in Utah that we've had all year long. It's going to be mid 70s, it's going to be a midday game. For Razorback fans, you're getting a treat. You're getting the best weather we probably have to offer here in the state of Utah this weekend.
0: That sounds perfect. We can't wait for it, Jake. Appreciate you coming on, man. Good luck and have fun this weekend, man. And we'll catch up with you later down the road.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.